for WERU comes from the Ayurveda Yoga Center, Ancient Healing Systems of India, and Liberty Healing Arts, Massage for the Body and EFT for the Mind since 1987. Contact LibertyHealingArts.com. Some like it hot, and some like it cool. Hi, I'm Larry. Whichever way you like it, you'll love jazz straight ahead. So join me Wednesdays, 6 to 8 p.m. That's jazz straight ahead. Just jazz, real jazz. Wednesdays, 6 to 8 on WERU-FM. WERU health-related programming is made possible in part by the Mabel Wadsworth Women's Health Center, providing comprehensive reproductive and sexual health services for all women of all ages at all stages since 1984. Insurance, main care, Deergo, and self-pay accepted. MabelWadsworth.org. The time's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host, Andre Bella, is up next. Good morning. I'm your host this morning for Healthy Options, a program about integrative health therapies. And this morning we're going to be talking with Betsy Sweet um, about spiritual psychology, a very new way of looking at psychology. Welcome, Betsy. Thank you, Andrea. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, just do a little bio on Betsy. She is uh, one of the most amazing women I think I have ever met. <laughs> she has done enough in her life for at least three lifetimes. Uh, and she is absolutely a joy to talk to. Um, Betsy defines herself as a joyologist. Uh, she's an incredible bundle of energy. She has incredible talents. For three decades, she's been uh, a legislative advocate working on issues of girls' and women's rights, civil rights for all people, representing people with disabilities, the elderly, mental health providers, and people who provide service and prevention for the issues of sexual assault and domestic violence. She's the former director of the Maine Women's Lobby and Maine Commission for Women, and she co-founded the Civil Rights Team Project of the Attorney General's Office in Maine and helped launch the Center for the Prevention of Hate Violence, both of which involve thousands of Maine young people on the issues of respect and tolerance every day. In addition, Betsy has her master's degree in spiritual psychology and has a healing practice called Sweet Spirit, where she sees individual clients and runs classes and workshops on tools for joyful living. Just this spring, she offered her first eight-week class for middle school girls, and I love the title of this, it's Cool Tools for Joyful Living, which was a smash success with the girls. In her spare time, I don't know where Betsy has spare time, <laughs> but uh, this is her, her third life. <laughs> she is a humorist performing one-woman comedy shows all around New England. She's a graduate of the University of Santa Monica in their master's program in spiritual psychology, and she got her B.A. at Colgate University. She grew up in Philadelphia and makes her home in Hollowell with her three spectacular <laughs> teenage daughters. Welcome, Betsy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love this one uh, little thing in, in reading your brochure. It says, we are meant to be happy. We are meant to have joyful, stress-free lives. And if we're not experiencing this in our day-to-day -day world, something's not right and needs to be realigned. Things that can take us away from our joy can be physical alignments, emotional imbalances, 
stress, anger, hurt, relationship challenges, long-held survival techniques that may no longer serve us. So if, if you are a listener out there and you relate to any of these things, <laughs> hard to believe that there would be anybody out there who wouldn't. And if you don't, call us. <laughs> <laughs> right. We want to know your secret. <laughs> exactly. Are you the Dalai Lama? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, Betsy does have a number of incredible, cool tools for to talk about this morning. And this is a live call-in show. Um, so if you do have questions after the half hour, we will be opening up the phone lines. Um, but Betsy is a total joy to speak to, and she is going to tell us, what is spiritual psychology? Well, spiritual psychology is, is really a way to access that joy. Um, for me, that's, I mean, I, I don't think there's a real scientific definition. It's pretty new. Um, but in, in traditional psychology and psychotherapy, which is fabulous, um, we work on mind and, <clears throat> excuse me, mind and behaviors in which we try to understand what our issues are, what our stuff is, and we try and transform them and change them so that we can do better. Or we can say, oh, oh this was my story, and we spent a lot of time on what happened to us and what our childhood experiences were and stuff, which is all really important. Spiritual psychology really is based on the fact that inside each one of us, we have this authentic self-core, this place that is total love, compassion, joy, ease, peace, all the good things that we the can real think us. of. The real us is yeah. really who we are. And that if it, everything were pure and easy, that's, that's how we would operate. And just imagine what the world, what our own lives would be like and what the world would be like if everybody operated from that core. Well, we don't because, many of us, because we have stuff piled on that doesn't allow us to full access to that core 24-7. So that stuff can be childhood experiences. It can be physical stuff. It can be stuff that happened to us in this life, past life. Who knows? Reasons that we don't really operate from that place. So spiritual psychology is really sort of taking a look at what are the things that keep us from operating from that authentic self-loving essence place and how can we remove some of the barriers to us acting that way and acting from that place and operating from that place. So in my practice, what I do is try and help people through a whole variety of tools, um, peel away the stuff that keeps us from accessing that authentic place. Hmm. And so, um, so it's, you know, there are a whole variety of tools and a whole bunch of different ways, but, um, well, so, we're going to get to all those yeah, tools, sure. but you know, um, I don't get the sense from talking to you that one day you went to college and said, I'm going to be a spiritual psychologist. <laughs> didn't exactly, there wasn't exactly the road for getting no. it. And I think one of the greatest things is we all like to hear each other's stories. And sure. you have such a wonderful, wonderful story. So I would like to take some time to, um, to hear you talk about exactly how you got to the place that you are today, because you are an extremely accomplished woman. Oh, well, thank you. And it's not, I mean, it definitely was not a um, straight path. <laughs> um, I spent the beginning of, I mean, I always knew from the time I was little, I wanted to do something I believed in. And so I've had the great gift of being able to, no matter what I've been doing in my life, to really have passion um, for what I'm doing and to believe that's going to make the world a better place. So, yeah, and I love the way you said um, when we were talking before about the fuel, you needed the fuel for your passion. So about that word fuel is just really good. And when you and combine that with passion, oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. powerful. Yes, very powerful. Um, so 
I, originally, my original intention was politics and international relations. Actually, I was going to be the um, head of the UN, I think, when I was mm-hmm. 10. I was, that was my intention. Um, and so I did a lot of that work. I did a lot of international relations work. I did a lot of political work in Philadelphia. And then I was working too many hours, and I thought, oh, I'm going to move back to Maine where my grandparents had lived. And then I won't work so hard. <laughs> so what, what were some of the things that you were doing in the international relations field? I was working with the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom. So we worked on the nuclear freeze campaign. I did a Stop the Arms Race campaign in which we worked with the United Nations and all these movie stars to get 1,000 a, um, a women in the United States and then 1,000 women around the world to yeah. try and pledge to help stop the arms race. And um, it was called the Star Campaign. And so that um, this would have been in what time frame? This is like in the late 70s, yeah, um, okay. early 80s. Mm-hmm. And then in eighty. Two, I decided I needed to come to Maine and um, found out that I moved to Maine and started working 70 hours and realized that it wasn't where I lived. It was really <laughs> me. Um, but I got to do a lot of work in women's rights movement. I also did nuclear freeze work here. And then um, I worked with the women's lobby, Maine women's lobby, and then the Maine Commission for Women back in the days when we had such a thing. Um, and then in the 90s, I um, stopped all that. I didn't stop that, but I decided to go out on my own. I ran a congressional campaign for Tom Andrews, um, and then that sort of took me out. He won up against all odds, which was fabulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and so and I just started to start my own my own business. So it was a combination of legislative advocacy for causes I believed in, and mm-hmm. also I did organizational development and training and civil rights work with the civil rights teams. I did sexual har- harassment prevention work with corporations and businesses and organizations and schools and um, so anyway, so that. Well, and, and tell us, too, about your trips. You speak r- Russian. Yes, I studied Russian and, tell, and international. Because back in the 70s, that was the big issue. The Cold War was it. Right. So I wanted to be able to yeah. speak Russian and be part of the, that solution. And mm-hmm. um, so I got to go. I went and lived there when I was in college for um, seven months. And then when I came here, I was trying to buy some land in Richmond, Maine, where there's an enclave of um, Russian folks. And and ended up talking to Governor Brennan at the time about making small talk about trying to buy this land speaking Russian, and then had an opportunity to take 35 Maine kids um, to uh, all over the Soviet Union, which was the Soviet Union back then, um, for a month. And it was an extraordinary experience. And and tell our listeners specifically about how those students were selected, because I think that's really interesting well, and when important. I was, when I was asked to do this, of course, I was thrilled. and then, But I just was really clear that I wanted... 30 kids or 36 kids we ended up taking um, who were not, I didn't want financial ability to be a problem, but I also didn't want the kids who were going to get these opportunities anyway. I mm-hmm. really wanted, mm-hmm. you know, B and C students mm-hmm. who hadn't left, who, where Maine was their little world. And in fact, mm-hmm. schools had a very difficult time with this, but we ended up with these kids who were just magnificent. And I remember one young man from Deer Isle, we met at the main mall parking lot to go to Boston to then fly to mm-hmm. Moscow. And um, he what got out of the car. Huh? Yeah, he got out of the car yeah. at the main mall parking lot and said, oh, wow. And I said, oh, Rob, this is not oh, wow. This is Red Square. That's oh, wow. This is the main mall. And I just, you know, and it was just, um, it, was, it was lovely. But they, yeah. it, it was definitely life-changing for all those kids. And actually, one of my uh, students just got elected to the legislature. And, well, such an opportunity, um, especially, you know, those C students, because I've been in education all my life. And I think students get labeled so early mm-hmm. on. And if you're the C student, nobody pays that much attention to you. Mm. And those those C students then think, well, 
all the other kids will get the opportunities, but there really isn't anything there for me. So I think you you opened up a whole world to a whole set of students, and I applaud you for putting those parameters around the selection of those students. Well, you know, it just is really comes from my belief that has actually had has been a constant in my life, which is every human being has extraordinary magic in them and mm-hmm. extraordinary talent and mm-hmm. love and of a possibility, and mm-hmm. doesn't matter who they are, what they do, and um, what a nicer life for me if I help look if I try and look for that magic. Right. And and I also think there's such an appreciation piece there because when you uh, bring that out and give someone else an opportunity and they're so grateful back, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Total win-win for everybody. Yeah. And that's really and that's really nice. Absolutely. Um, for any of our listeners that may have just tuned in um, to WERU, this is Healthy Options. And this morning we're talking with Betsy Sweet and we're talking about spiritual psychology. And we've just been kind of laying the groundwork about what spiritual psychology is and how Betsy got to this amazing place in her life. She's a tremendously accomplished woman and she's done so many things uh, for others. And how she got to this place of actually being involved in spiritual psychology, I think, is just such a delightful and important part of this story. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. So so tell us a little bit more. Um, oh, well, tell us a great story about how how you actually, when you came to Maine again and how you got into the spiritual psychologist. Great story. Well, so I, um, I, ha- I had been in a really partnership for 17 years, and then that ended, and I ended up having um, a six-year-old and twin two-year-olds whom we had adopted. Um, and they were from, from Cambodia. Cambodia. Yeah. So they didn't and even speak English. Didn't speak English. So you had um, these, these two yeah. little kids that didn't even speak English, and yeah. you've got three little kids so, by yourself. Yeah, and every day was like, I, I had a lot of nights on the kitchen floor saying, I actually can't do this another yeah. day. <laughs> but, but you know, we, we do it. Those of us who have been to that place, <laughs> you know, we just want to say to the rest of the people out there, you can be uh, there on the kitchen floor uh, in that dire place. Right. And believe me, uh, Betsy and I can tell you that there is there is light afterwards. There's there light, is. laughter, and joy. Right. It's just going through it sometimes. And even it's, the best light is yet yes. to come. So, um, and sometimes anyway. you have to go through those things to get to the good part. Well, and in my new appreciation for that, it's it's that st- we choose that stuff and it's delivered to us for good reason and for healing mm-hmm. for ourselves. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. But anyway, so I um, was out on North Haven Island where I spend a lot of time, and I had met this woman casually, and I went over to her and I said, hi. And I said, oh, are you still a nurse? And she said, no, um, I'm a soul reader. And I said, oh, well, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> and um, she said, well, I think the reason you came to talk to me is because I have information for you and I'm wondering if you're open to that information. I said, sure. And so in 10 minutes, she gave me, she knew everything about me without me saying a word. And she gave me more information that was more helpful to me than 15 years of traditional therapy. Um, So I said to her, I said, wow, if you do that in 10 minutes, what do you do in an hour? (laughs) (laughs) So that started an incredibly uh, long-term, wonderful, um, healing, working relationship with her. And this was a total switch from what you had been doing, all this work in the legislature. It had to be totally... Well, and this was just for me. This was for my own healing. So I I had no interest in, you know, so then at one point... So you were still continuing to do your lobbying and stuff and Absolutely. And so then she, at one time when we were working, she said, you know, you should really start putting your hands on people. I said, what do you mean? She said, you have healing capacity. You should put your hands on people. I said, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I, you know, I can't go to school. I got these kids. I don't know. I have no money. I, no, 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 I can't do it. She said, I didn't say anything about that. 
I said, <laughs> put your hands on people, see what happens. So the simplicity uh, <laughs> of that statement is just, and then she kept you focused on that. Is it? It, it speaks volumes. It, it absolutely does. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I started doing that, and I learned. Um, I taught myself about energy balancing and chakra reading and stuff. And I, it turns out, with my friends who were all my guinea pigs, I started doing healing and. <laughs> Um, what was that like the first time you said to somebody, I just want to uh, put your hand... Were you were you careful about the person you selected? Oh, or my friends are, I have, I am blessed with like, the most wonderful friends in yeah. the world, and they are like, all right, whatever. I mean, I think <laughs> it's so non-invasive. You can't really hurt someone, right? You right, can't. You can't. Right. So it's, I'm not putting let, needles let Betsy, in them. Or, let Betsy do her, this is her thing, know, thing. Whatever, right? Yes, you know, yeah. so, um, but anyway, I started to get really good information and um, really helpful stuff. So when you put your hands on people, you got the information like through your hands sometimes i get it through i usually get a sense of it um my hands generally lead me to places um on people's bodies if they're having physical ailments but then i just get uh, a sense of things like sometimes when i do this energy work so basically just quickly the there's we have seven well seven major chakras which are energy centers and it's the same thing it's similar um, philosophy as like to the meridians in, in acupuncture or that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And basically, they're energy centers that are all associated with a sound and a color and parts of your body and different emotions, each one. And when we're aligned and um, perfectly in sync with ourselves, each one of those chakras is wide open. And I can read that with a pendulum. So if it's open, the pendulum will swing in a circle. So, so if it's open, does that mean it's balanced? It's it means healthy? it's balanced. It means all the things that are, all the body parts and the emotions that are associated with it are healthy and, you know. So if you have seven chakras, can some of them be open and some of them closed? And Very much. Good? Yeah. And that okay. will give it. And, and so when I read them, um, that gives me information. So if you have a closed chakra or if you have cl- more than one, then that gives me information as to what parts, uh, what things might be out of alignment, what, you know. Okay, so certain parts of the body are related to certain chakras. Give us an example. For example, your um, your solar plexus sh- chakra, which is right around your belly button, is associated with your um, lower back. It's associated with um, how you present yourself to the world, your image of yourself, um, how you uh, define your, your self-worth, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if someone's chakra is closed or out of balance, so if the circle's not perfectly clockwise and in a circle, it's if it's in elliptical shape or it goes the other direction, then that gives me information that it's out of balance. And mm-hmm. so then what I do is I just um, open myself up <laughs> or I just say, okay, so I sort of ask the universe what would be helpful to help this person get back into alignment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's physical touching, like Reiki, like putting my hands on people to help realign energy patterns. Yeah. And Explain neurons. just a little bit about what Reiki is. So Reiki is when you use um, both ancient um, forms, uh, patterns, and your hands to bring people's energy back into alignment so that the energetic pathways in your body mm-hmm. are clear and open. So the energy can, so your body can heal itself. So is this kind of like the... the uh, Eastern uh, medical view that uh, if if all these pathways in the body are open, that that's what then your body what can causes heal disease is when right. there's a blockage. Right. So disease. you're trying to take that those blockages, those energy blockages, and kind of open them up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's what okay. that is, and that's what all okay. the energy work is. Right. And they're all very related. You know, I mean, if mm-hmm. you do that, so. And then I also get information about um, sometimes a very personalized guided meditation will come through, like, you know, something that will really speak to someone. Um, I have a, a client who 
um, a song came through for her and was really meaningful and helpful and important. So, are, so did the song come through for her or did you get the song for her? I got the song for her. And so I delivered it. I was the, I was the messenger. <laughs> okay. So in that sense, did it mean that did she know this song, or was she supposed to use this song as part of her healing? She was supposed. She she was um, it, the way she, it, she heard it was to listen to this kind, this particular musician, which was really funny because she had just pulled out a CD of this musician like like three days <laughs> oh, before. Oh, there are there are no coincidences. I know, no coincidences. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and then she actually I downloaded uh, downloaded sounds like a computer program, but I got the lyrics to a song that she is supposed to record and write. And so I just wrote down the lyrics and handed them to her. And, um, you know, and then I, I, um, I had someone who was working with fertility issues and she came to see me and we were doing a lot of chakra work. And I kept getting this information that she should eat kale. And she looked at me and I said, I, I know, I, believe me, it's weird to me too. <laughs> and um, she yeah. said, all right, but I didn't come. I said, I get it. I, I said, but will you eat kale? I, just, I think the universe wants to know that you will do this, and, and then we can move on. <laughs> right. and, we, um, can't, we can't move on past kale yeah, until, exactly. we, until you, you like, get this. Take it, right? Take the yeah. message. So, um, Which really is the – comes from – I totally believe that the universe is out there, wants us to be happy. The universe doesn't put anybody on this planet – and say, okay, let's really make sure that Andre is miserable for this entire lifetime. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all meant to be there. And so, and it wants to help us. And I think that we have so many of us block um, the help that comes. You know, when we get an intuition or a gut feeling or we know something and we just ignore it. Or we, yeah. our heart says, you mm-hmm. know, go do this thing that makes your heart sing but our practical head says, no, go be an engineer or go be, uh, go do this or go stay away from that person or whatever. Stay, stay in the box, the cultural box. Stay in this box, yeah. stay on this linear path. Um, you know, so, so then, you're, then the universe it just, it, it doesn't judge you, but it's just like, okay, well, then we're not going to b- waste our we time here. Them. Right. So I, yeah. I have a friend who calls it cosmic catch, which I love, which yeah, is yes. that this yes. is this idea that. Yeah. that the universe wants to help us. And the minute we take any step toward following our heart, mm-hmm. getting in touch with that authentic self, it helps us. And so, like, if all of a sudden you decide you want to go to school in spiritual psychology to help with your work, which, you know, was... <laughs> oh, and you the, have to tell that story. The most impractical thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. But when I started to move forward, all of a sudden, everything started to fall into place that would make it possible. And so I, I feel like there's this whole team up there. I don't know who they are, spirits, people. I don't know what they are. But saying, hey, we got someone to play. Come <laughs> Betsy on wants to play. Come on. <laughs> and then they just kept like, they, like all the balls started coming, you know, and it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah it's kind of uh, that allowing, you know, exactly. that allowing piece. I, I once wrote an essay and it was called uh, Looking at Shoes. And it was my a little personal thing about myself, about how I'd gone around for a lot of years just looking down at my shoes. And then mm. one day oh, I looked up. I said, oh, my God, there's this whole world there. There's a lot more than just looking down at my shoes. And it's so obvious, and yet so often we miss yeah. it. Yeah, it's often very, very simple. And mm. it's just it really is, as you said, it's just allowing, allowing the goodness in and mm. to, to look for that in other people and to attract it. It's, you know, it's just... And as simple as that is, I think it's the most challenging for all of us. It's very challenging. We're all so action-oriented. Well, we're action-oriented, and I think we're all um, comfortable where we are. And and even if it's not a happy place. We put up with it. Well, because that's what we know. Grin and bear it. Right. No pain, no gain. Exactly. And, (laughs) you know, it's like a lot of that stuff. And so I think that we we do stay in that um, often in a stuck place where, and I think another uh, thing that we do is 
we think, well, it's not that bad. We can always find someone who has it worse off than we do. And so I think we have a glass mm-hmm. ceiling on yeah. how good it can be. Yeah. And so if we, part of what I love doing both in my classes and with my, with my clients is let's just get rid of the glass ceiling. Let's yeah. just pretend. Yeah. Like, let's just say it could be anything. What would it look like? Yeah. And then once you just allow your heart to do that, then the universe says, oh, it's like GPS for your heart, you know? It's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, okay, yeah, oh, this, yeah. is what, this will make you happy? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, we'll help you with that, you know, and sort of it sort of unfolds. And so it's, um, which is exactly how I got well, to school. Right, and I was going to say, go, let's go back, back to the story. and tell the story, <laughs> tell the story about how you actually got into this work and how you went to school. Okay, well, so I... this is an inspiration <laughs> for everybody. It's for an inspiration for me, and I hope it's an inspiration for everybody listening. Well, um, so I was in a really hard place when... One time, one day, or you know, many times, but um, and I so I called this uh, my soul reader, um, and I said, I really need a session, I'm just I'm in a bad place, anyway. So I talked to her, and so she said, Well, it's very clear that the, what you need to do is hang up the phone, put a for sale sign in your house, and move, and you are going to go to school in psychology somewhere where the sand is beneath your feet. What a phone call. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. And I hung up, slammed the phone down. I thought, well, that was a waste of money. And, you know, I'm not going to school. First of all, I don't want to go back to school. I would never go back to school in psychology. And I have three kids. I'm, I have a full-time job. I have no money. Like, and somewhere where the sand is beneath my what, what? I don't even know what that means. That's crazy. You know, so I was just like, I was furious. And, um, you know, which also now I know is a really good information when you're that mad. Something's it's fuel. really, it's <laughs> real definitely fuel. fuel. It feels the passion. So, um, so anyway, some months later, I was out visiting a beloved nephew in California, and was we were in a coffee shop, and I was getting the girls, you know, what they needed, and you know, I, I was in front of a stand of community newspapers, and of course, I knocked one over, and it fell open to a full page ad for a, a degree in spiritual psychology at the University of Santa Monica, four <laughs> blocks from the beach. Uh, um, yeah. So I was. I was aware enough to say, huh, that might not be random. So I picked it up and there stuck it no under my arms. Right. Yeah. I stuck it underneath my arm and, and then I brought it with me home from California to Philadelphia, which is a miracle in and of itself. I mean, from to Maine. And um and then a couple months later I looked at it and I thought, well, still I can't do this. I mean, I can't go to school and I've got to you know, I run a business and I've got these kids and I can't I mean, I can go to California. Or, so and then I thought, well, I'll just go online and look. Yeah, and um, yeah. sure enough, when I went. That's the first, that first little allowing yeah. piece, the little crack in the door. It was like the universe was yeah. like, hey, she might be waiting to put cash. <laughs> Come on over here. And it kind of reminds me, you know, like when my, my fire in my wood stove is perking a little bit, but not a whole lot. If I just crack that door a little bit, oh my gosh. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. perfect metaphor. Yeah. Um, so I went online and found out that this program was designed exactly for people like me and that people came from all Long over the country students. and the world. Mm-hmm. And it was um, one month, you know, to fly to California, one month a year. And I mean, one weekend a month. Yeah. <laughs> and um, for two years. Yeah. So then my logical brain said, can't do that. Yeah. You know, cost too much too money, money. Take take kids. kids, right? <laughs> How are you going to do homework and do a full time job and raise three kids and blah, 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 blah. And, but my heart just said, my heart started singing and uh, I looked more and more into it. And then I went out Mm -hmm. for an information weekend and, um, it was, I said, I need, I'm going to do this. And just as soon as I made that decision, everything opened up. And it's a crazy, one of the crazy things is that, so I flew one weekend a month for two years and, you know, the dead of winter, one day oh there, one, gosh, one, yeah. year, one weekend there was a hundred degree difference. It was 20 below when I left Maine and it was 80 degrees in Santa Monica. Oh but <laughs> in that entire time, in two years, and you all know about airline flights, I never had a late flight. 
I never had a delayed flight. I never had trouble getting there, and I never paid more than three hundred dollars for my flight well, across the country and back. So yep. it was just, clear. It was like, oh wow. Pretty clear. Um, yep. But you people, had it people stepped forward to help with the kids, and my nephew, I ha- was he gave me his car and let me stay at his house, and so it made it possible. And so yeah. it was just um, really the most magical gift. Um, this program. Yeah, talk a little bit about the program. The pro- program's extraordinary. Um, there's two people, Ron and Mary Holnick, who started the program, and it's been mm-hmm. going since the 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. basically, you're, the curriculum is very rigorous academically, but the curriculum is really based on your life. And so your stuff and your healing and your um, what's going on with you is the fuel for mm-hmm. the curriculum. And so it's uh, extraordinarily difficult work. And so we would go, so we'd start Friday late afternoon, and we would go from Friday from like 5 to 11 at night, Saturday from 9 to 10 at night, and then Sunday from 9 until 7. And so we had these three intense days. And then I would get on the red eye at 8.30, <sighs> come back and be back at work by noon on Monday. Oh, my gosh. Uh. Um, but it was just <laughs> the work. So you're doing the work mm-hmm. in that intense weekend and practicing and doing all these skills and learning all this stuff using yourself as the as your own mm-hmm. as your own curriculum and then mm-hmm. in the time off that's when you're doing the reading and the academic stuff and and then practicing and writing down what it's like and so yeah i went to the website and i was looking at the curriculum and it was really interesting and i especially was noting the sort of testimonials uh, from students and also from some pretty big name people who support who yeah. support this yeah it's um, so there were all kinds of things like Deepak Chopra and mm-hmm. and Jean Houston and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know Barbara Max Hubbard and uh, you know a lot John of those Bursenko. names. Yeah, that, there's a lot. Yeah, of Carolyn that, Mace, all those. Carolyn yeah, Mace, yeah. right? And you go, wow, yeah. this is pretty neat that this is this is put together like this. Yeah, and it's it's and it's love. It's extraordinary, and they're the only place that actually has a degree in it. Lots of people have workshops yeah. and month long things, but this is a two year degree. Right. So. Um, so if know. you're listening to this show and you just happen to by chance tune in, you know, maybe maybe you should <laughs> go, go to universityofsantamonica.edu. It's a great yeah. yeah. Tell them Betsy Sweet sent you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so that's how I got there. And it was extraordinary. And then at the end of it, um, it our, our senior project was to do something with a support group out of the box. Mm-hmm. So actually, my, um, my project was developing yeah. my healing practice. Mm-hmm. And my professor would never approve my project and I was like so mad and so finally he said Betsy you are going to do that anyway I want you to do something that is completely out of the box and so I was like what and so that's how I started doing comedy and so oh tell us about the comedy (laughs) we haven't even talked about that so anyway so I um so all these people in my group were doing you know extraordinary things and um one of the women in my group was uh, a marathon runner. She was in her late 60s, and she developed a heart problem, and she wanted to swim as an alternative because she couldn't run anymore, but she didn't know how to swim. So her project was learning how to swim, and her end goal was to swim in the wild with dolphins. And I thought, well, how fun is that? Like, oh, yeah, I'd like yeah, to do that. Right, so that's <laughs> totally fun, and I'm, like, doing a business plan. That's, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so I – but yeah. in part of trying to um, uh, convince my professor to – approve my healing business project, I wrote him songs and I wrote him poems and I did all these funny things to try and get him to like, please, to plead with him to, you know. <laughs> so he said, um, well, he said, uh, you ever done comedy? 
And I, it's, so it's not something like I always wanted to do it. But I said, <laughs> well, I don't know. But I am pretty funny. <laughs> you are? And um, so anyway, so I started doing it. So I, my, I ended up, it was so much fun. I mean, it's such a stretch for me, but I, I started yeah. working on this one-woman show. And then this guy, um, Tim Farrell, who lives in Portland, who writes and works with Jon Stewart, Mm-hmm. The political comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, he, I he was my coach, and I wrote this one woman show that I did two years ago in Hollowell, yeah. and um, <laughs> again using my life pretty much as the comedy. And I had a blast, and I invited you know seventy five of my closest friends to come and listen, and we had like one hundred and fifty people come, and <laughs> and then uh, it was right. We had a blast, and then I did it again out on North Haven, and then I've done it, um, and then I re- I wrote another show this summer, and so, okay, so you're still doing this. we're yeah. we're, we're able. You're going to keep us posted as to when we can come to the next show. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I'm hoping to do one in Portland this uh, <laughs> early in the winter. So um, anyway, so yeah, so it, that's just a really, it's just a fun thing. Plus, it, it it's it's so related to, it's all about the lens that you look through. Yeah. So like you can look, this is part of mm. my um, joyful living is when we look mm-hmm. through the lens when bad things happen or when crazy things happen, we can look at it and bemoan them and begrudge them or we can say, wow. This is an opportunity. I've called. I got this experience in here for a reason. The universe right. is giving it's me this reason. An opportunity. And so, what? So if if it's a learning opportunity, then what a different way to hold it in ourselves and look at it in ourselves instead of being holding all that upset and that and having all that resistance and all that resistance and, and unnecessary pain. pain yeah. To say, huh? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'm I'm willing to see what the lesson is here. I'm willing to go and figure out what's left to be healed in me that so I won't feel this pain. Because it's that's all a, yeah, that's we hard. Hold it. That's challenging to do in yeah. the moment. Yeah, and so and humor is great because then when you see something, it's like, oh, this is really good material. <laughs> <laughs> we, I just want to remind any, anyone who's listening in that this is uh, healthy options. Uh, this is a live call-in show. So if you would like to talk with Betsy, um, the call-in number is one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. I'll give you that one more time. It's at one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. We're going to take a very short little break, and then we will be back and uh, give Betsy a call. You can ask her about comedy. You can ask her about spiritual psychology. You can ask her can about have a mini session. The legend. <laughs> you can have a mini. So we will be back uh, very shortly. So please stay with us. Andre Bella, and this morning we're speaking with Betsy Sweet on healthy options. We're talking about spiritual psychology. This is uh, a call-in show. The number is one 625 9378 and we have a caller on the line. Welcome, caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, how are you? Great. How are you? Lousy. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so. Listen, I'm, I'm hoping that 2011 
is a much better year than 2010. I feel like I've been right in the middle of a cosmic wedgie. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can tell us more about that? Uh, well, well, it's just been a, a horrible year. Yeah. Uh, I've had pneumonia. I've cracked my pelvis. Mm. I've had heat stroke. I've had seizures. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm 64 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah. That sounds really, really challenging. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry going through that. Well, I'm a you know I'm I'm a boat painter and furniture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I you know I spend my days out in the sunshine. There's not much shade. Yeah. Out in the harbor. Yeah. You know, but uh. Well, you know, one thing that is really um, it's a, a really interesting thing to do is to sort of um. Well, do, are you aware of any information? Like when when physical challenges happen to us, often it has information for us about what's going on. Sometimes um, when people work really hard and they are busy, 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 and um, all of a sudden they have something that goes wrong and they have to stop. So sometimes that's the universe's way of just saying, wow, you know, you just really need to slow down. Sometimes there's specific information that... Um, health challenges have for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that for myself, um, I had asthma for m- most of my adult life and actually much of my childhood. And I became really aware that it, it became critical at one point and uh, it made no sense to me. And so I, I stopped and I said, okay, what is this about? What is this asthma about for me? And I just asked and I listened. And that was the key was to be quiet and listen. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to a beach and I sat on a beach for seven hours and I also um, went to uh, Louise Hay has some great information about what health problems signif- signify in our emotional being and I um, know that lungs are really associated with grief and so it turns out that I was holding on to a lot of grief from very very early in my childhood and um, was able to heal it and release it and for me at the I spent, as I said, seven hours on a beach doing nothing, but um, I was able to see it, work through it, let go of it. And uh, astonishingly, um, after after using inhalers and steroid inhalers for my entire life, I have never used an inhaler or had an asthma attack since. So it was, but but the, the, the physical manifestation of it was really a way to get at what was going on for me underneath. So I guess I just offer that as a way for you to think about what is what is a cracked pelvis mean for you? What does pneumonia mean for you? Is there is there some information for you that might help you? Because often when we deal with the underlying information, then the physical symptoms um, uh, go away. Yeah. And the other piece I think, which is you've already talked about when you said 2011 will be a better year, you know, the power of intention is huge, and that's one of the tools that we work really. I work a lot with, and it's like, what is your intention if you were gonna? say, okay, this is what my ideal 2011 would look like, and this is what it looks like in my health life, and this is what it looks like in my work life, and this is what it looks like in my relationship life, and this is what it looks like in my um, whatever, you decide. But if you actually write it down and write it down as if it's happening, so so instead of saying, well, I want to be healthy, you say, I am enjoying my vibrant, wonderful health, and I am... 
um, walking freely without pain, you know, instead of saying, I want my cracked pelvis to heal. You, well, you, you yeah. describe it in a in an exuberant, exciting way as if it's already happening. And well, then, I'm happy about the arthritis that's uh, settled in there. How's that? <laughs> well, no, no, but you, the, the, so how you would deal with that is to say, I am walking pain-free. Yeah. And then that is your intention. And then the universe that wants to help you is like, oh, how can we help him with that? And it, it can help often by giving you information about what the arthritis is about. It can help you um, with the actual arthritis. But I encourage you, look up Louise Hay um, on on a website or in the... Go I'm to, not on the internet. Okay, well then go to the library and get her book. She has a, a wonderful book called yeah. You Can Heal Your Life. And um, it, it gives you a lot of information about the pathways between health issues and how to heal them from the inside out. Well, and and she shows specific um, uh, areas of your body, mm-hmm. like you were saying with the lungs, uh, about grief. grief. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. So it, it is a really good book. Mm-hmm. Not right. just to read, but also to keep as a reference book yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely do that. Uh, but, but it, you know, I just... You know, last year just knocked me for a loop. You know, mm-hmm. I've been extremely healthy yeah. my entire life. Uh, yeah. I've been extremely active. Of, you know, Navy SEAL, uh, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And last year, it just bang. Yeah. Well, I, I think I really encourage you to think about what, inform- you know, what is it, what's the universe trying to get your attention about? Yeah, and I also think that this is, you know, this is what Betsy does, this is what her practice is about. And I find sometimes I can do these things by myself, but sometimes I actually really need somebody to help me do this. Where's the practice? Is, well, I'm in Hollowell, but, um, Give which is near Augusta. Yeah. Right now. Um, and I also do a lot of phone work, and I do a lot of, um, well, you're not on the internet, but I do <laughs> crazily um, a lot of work um, on iChat and, and uh, Skype. And so I have clients all over the country and in Canada and um, but so the way to reach me is um, online at sweet spirit, all one word, dot joyful living. It doesn't matter. I'm not online. Yeah, I know. I'm giving it to everybody else. Okay, I'm, yeah. hope, I'm hoping you're not the <laughs> yeah, only we one. We were going to do contact I'm information anyway. <laughs> and at gmail.com. So it's sweet spirit dot joyful living at gmail.com. And my phone number is 441 3060. Give that phone number one My more phone time. number is 441 3060. I just wrote it down. Thank you very Perfect. much. Perfect. Great. Thanks. Good luck with you. And I'm sorry you're going through all that. Well, I, I've been through that. Yep. Uh, and and 2011 will be better. Just set your intention. Good. All right. Great. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for calling. So, um, uh, for people who have just tuned in, we're talking with Betsy Sweet this morning about spiritual psychology. And uh, we've heard some really interesting stories about how she got to the place where she is right now and also what her practice is about. Uh, this is a, a live call-in show, so I do want to repeat the number. It's one 626 9378 So if you have a question about spiritual psychology, if you have a question about Betsy's practice, or if you have an individual question about uh, a condition that you yourself have, please call in, and we appreciate you being willing to share those things with us. Um, Betsy, I want to also go back to some of the tools, some of the tools in the toolbox. We've talked a little bit about uh, energy balancing and chakras and a little bit about Reiki. Um, What about some of the others? I know you have here guided conversation, accessing ancestral wisdom. That one sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, we have another caller on the oh, line. Okay. So let's let's take that caller sure. and, then and then we'll we'll, we'll come back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so caller, are you there? Not 
No. Okay. Maybe we'll we'll go ahead with what we were talking about, and sure. we'll we'll patch that caller in as soon as we're able to do that. What about the accessing ancestral wisdom? Well, of, often when I um, put when I'm doing work with people, um, people from their lives who have passed um, come through with information, and it's not um, it's not channeling. I don't turn into that person or whatever. But and generally, the way people show up is that they. Um, is that they want, it's, it's if the world want, universe wants to help us. So these are people who are special in your lives who come through, and they always come through with information that wants to be, that is helpful. Okay, I want to get back to that. We have two Great. callers two callers? on the line. Great. So uh, first caller, go ahead. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, my name is Amy, and um, nice to speak with you. Hi, Amy. Thanks uh, for I've always um, studied, I'm, I'm a massage therapist. Excellent. I've always studied philosophy and believe in um, that where you are in life is kind of your responsibility and kind of like what you were saying with the universe, you're there through challenges, um, have gotten you there kind of that you want. Yeah. So, and I'm going through this divorce right now, mm. and I feel like I wasted 10 years of my life, mm. and I don't. And I'm a writer, too, and I've been uh-huh. so blocked, and I yeah. don't know how to... And I have a beautiful child. I can hear that beautiful child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to resolve... Um, you know, I'm really connected and aware of myself almost so much that um, I can't get out of that my own well yep. of that. Yeah. Yep, I hear you. So, well, so one question to ask yourself is why... What are you holding on to the... How does believing that you've wasted 10 years of your life serve you? It doesn't, but I've always been successful, and mm. I feel like... So just to try, like, just for a minute, try on, Amy. What if you think whatever those 10 years, if you look back and have gratitude for them that they brought you to this place, and to see that you know the universe brings us challenges to say, okay, what is going on with me that I can look back that I can go into and heal. So obviously divorce is a crisis for all of us, especially when you have children. Anytime it's a crisis. So right, right. so to really explore, um, let's see, if to explore what you're feeling, like not the circumstances of the divorce and not right. like who said what to whom and what, you know, all that stuff. But what is your core gut feeling? You know, is it abandonment? Is it betrayal? Is it... Um, I, you know, we, grief is, you know, you, you, you could identify what that is. Sure. Um, and then it's really useful to try and, um, to go back. I like to pretend that there's a thread attached to the feeling again, not to the circumstance, but to the feeling. Right. And try and go back as far as you can into your childhood or you know, maybe it's when you were 20 or whatever. Right. But as far back, it doesn't matter how far back you go into what is the first time you can remember having that same feeling? Right. And then feel it and access it and then say, okay, so I didn't get what I needed. Let me, I'm going to give you an example. Because right. The message keeps coming back. It, well, and, and so, yes. what, so what the universe does so is So what it, do you do? No, I don't mean to rush you, but then... What I know do you, you do? can't okay. give me the quick. No, well, no, I'll give I'll give you like you know the ninety dollars session in ten seconds. You keep, yeah. I so I, I want to give you. I want to give you an example just yeah. so it'll help. So, 
when I was, this is not important, but when I was three months old, I had a brother who died. He was 14, right? So my mother was nursing me. I was the baby. She very lovingly, she was in incredible grief, as you can imagine. And so very lovingly gave me to her best friend with my sister for six weeks while she was dealing with her grief. And, you know, I mean, she saw us and stuff, but she wasn't the primary caregiver us for six weeks. As an adult, loving, I see, oh my God, as a mom, I can't imagine, you know, understand it, get it, perfect. Right. As a three-month-old, however... I experienced that as complete abandonment. I didn't know what that was about. I didn't know where my mother went, blah, blah, blah. So for the rest of, for much of my life, I kept attracting experiences into me in which I felt abandoned. And so I kept saying, okay, well, what, you know, and I I would say, God, how did that happen? You know, like it was like always like newsflash, you know, it's like, well, so what I was able to do, yeah, so what I was able to do was to go back to that three-month-old and then I, as my adult Betsy, got to go to my three-month-old and say, what is it that you need? And I will give it to you. And so this little kid, and so there's a thing that we, I work with called a 32-day process in which for some period of time every day, like 10 seconds, doesn't have to be hours, I would go back to that hurt little girl and I would say, what is it that you need? Right. Um, what is it that you need? And... Um, and so I would, I would, I would tell her that I loved her and that I wasn't going to leave her. And I, anyway, so for 27 days, this little girl was really mad at me and didn't, she said, I don't want you. I want my mother. Where's my mother? You know? Right. And on the 27th day in this, um, caring for her, she lifted up her arms to me and let me pick her up and hold her. And I knew right then that my need to attract abandonment into my life to heal this very sad place was done. And so that's the kind of thing that's available to do. So, so think about what is, what is my feeling about this divorce? And if you say it keeps coming back, that's your best clue. Go back and then figure out how you, adult Amy, can re, um, re-love, re-parent, re-heal, give that little one right. or whatever it is that she needs. And you can do it, and it can take 10 seconds a day. I do it at night before I go to bed. Right. And it's happened again you know, when I was 14, I remember screaming at my 14-year-old um, because she was inside on a beautiful summer day reading a book. And right. she looked at me and said, are, are you really yelling at me because I'm reading a book? And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess so. And so I had to go back and say, what is this about? Well, upon some work, when I was 14, I had an alcoholic father. I, was, I held down two jobs. I was cooking for this family. I was cooking for myself. I would have given a million dollars to be free enough, to feel free enough to go sit and read a book by myself, wherever I wanted. And so the thing that needed healing was my 14-year-old, who really didn't even care that she had to do all those things. She wanted someone to say, great job. Wow. Which I never got. And so I got to go back and say, wow, great job. You're amazing. And then once, so this experience with my daughter which was not a big, you know, crisis or anything, right. but really got me, it was, a, it was a portal for me to go back and heal that piece of me that was so hurt that no one even recognized this, that I was doing things beyond what any 14-year-old should be doing. You know, so, so those, those are, I only give those examples as... No, I think that's great advice, and I, um, I, I'll let you go because I could talk to you forever, but I was thinking <laughs> what, um, you know, there are, like you're talking about Reiki and people who are healers. I mean, is there anything special advice that you can give I tried to start my massage business, and it didn't go well because I'm blocked. And I wonder if there's a special way that people who take on the feelings of other people, if there's certain ways that they can, um, that they need to do to release that so they yeah. can, 
Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll answer. I'll take the answer off air so other people can get through. But okay. thank you. And Thanks, I'm glad Amy. that I turned it. Yeah, I'm glad you called. Thanks. Right. Good luck. Um, yeah, and I think that there are, you know, it is really very important to know what's yours and what's not yours. And my experience, Amy, is that um, our stuff gets triggered. The, the best thing we can do is heal our own self and that the clearer we are, the more able we are to help um, other people. And, you know, which doesn't mean we all don't have stuff the rest of our lives. I'm, I'm, I'm very clear it's a journey and not an event um, for myself. But um, I just think that if there's a block, it's it, you need to f- figure out how, um, how the block is serving you. You know, there's some reason that you're resistant to it. Figure out what that resistance is and then see what's underneath there. And please feel free to call me or um, be in touch. Okay, thanks. Okay, we've got a couple more calls on the line. Next caller. Good morning. This is Yo in Tremont. Hi, Yo. Hi, Yo. It often arises in health issues that there's a dichotomy between developmental and experiential. And as far as um, the psychological aspect of health goes, it seems to me as if what occurs is that the physical disturbance feeds the emotional disturbance, and the emotional disturbance feeds the physical disturbances, sort of mm-hmm. like a chicken and egg situation, mm-hmm. and it can create a, a negative spiral mm-hmm. in the patient that is hard to break out of. Yeah. And, and I'm just wondering if you can speak to the cyclical nature of this psychological, physical feedback mechanism. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for calling, Yo. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's great. Um, I think one of the things that's really, um, I don't think so much of it as cycles, but I think that the physical stuff that happens is really um, a portal, <laughs> a portal into what's going on with us developmentally and psychologically. And so, um so I, to me, if we can figure out and use our dis-ease um, as a portal into what's going on, it really helps alleviate. It doesn't mean that, you know, we don't need medicine and we don't need all that stuff. I, I think that's a partnership. But certainly my experience is that we can, um, we have much more success at healing the physical stuff when we try and see what the information is that's underneath it. And even in some of the work that we do, and this might sound weird, but um, it's actually quite effective, is if um, with some of my clients, I um, ask them to give their pain or their discomfort or whatever a voice, and they actually talk to it and let it talk back to them and see if it has information for them. And even though that does, I know that sounds weird sort of on a radio show when you're not sort of in the, in the moment, it doesn't seem weird at all. Um, but it is can be very, very effective. And so I think it's, again, allowing the information to come through and being open to whatever that information is for us. Uh, we, um, we have a couple more callers on the line. Uh, Yo, we want to thank you for calling us. We also want to say that this is WERU. This is the Healthy Options Show. Uh, and this morning our topic is spiritual psychology. We're talking to Betsy Sweet. And Betsy, um, do give your all of your contact okay. information again. Um, if you just tune into part of the show and you want to hear the entire show, it will be archived on the WERU ed- website, which is WERU.org. So give your contact information because we seem to have lots of people that are so interested in this. Super. Um, It's sweetspirit, all one word, dot 
joyfulliving at gmail.com. And my phone number is 441-3060. I have an office in Hollowell. I'm about to start a one-day-a-week practice in Portland, and I do lots of work on the phone and through the Internet. Wonderful. Um, this is a call-in show. We have just a couple minutes left. If you're interested in calling in, the number is one 866 625 9378. Uh, We did have another caller, but maybe we've lost that caller at this point. If you want to call back, um, please do. Uh, We have a few minutes left, and we were talking about that accessing ancestral wisdom, and I want you to follow up on that because I think that's really interesting. Um, So I think that, so there's there's people who have, um, who want to help you. And so basically, and this was something that I totally did not expect in my practice. I mean, I was not, as a matter of fact, the first time someone had I was working with a woman who had MS, and this gentleman spirit or um, presence came through. And um, anyway, I, we I was... We can squeeze in one last call. Okay, great. Uh, we'll <laughs> one let it, we'll short, let it, short last short call. Short last call. Anyway, so this was... I was like... <laughs> Not enough is, time right, on this who subject. Is the, who is this person? And so turns out it was a grandfather of hers who had some information for her. So that happens to me uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so... Very interesting. Yeah. So let's take that call. Okay, our very <laughs> last caller. Go ahead, just for a quick one. Yeah, I just wondered if you could briefly touch on the nature of karma and life relationships. Uh, sure. I um, uh, I actually talk about karma in my comedy. In my 16-year-old, it's like, I believe in karma. Ma. Karma? Where's my car, ma? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that's not what you mean. Um, so I think karma is really part of what you put out there is what you get back. And I think that that's true both in the short term. So if um, I am putting out loving, great, beautiful energy, that's what I get back. And that's in the short term. And I also think in terms of how we hold our lives, um, if our lives are on balance, um, a positive thing, then I think that that's what we receive back. Um, There's people who are experts on karma, and I am not one of them, but people who believe you come back in another life and you, you know, it, you know. Sometimes, sometimes people's issues aren't just about what's happening in this particular lifetime, but come from way back. And I do do some work with people in their past life um, work. So, um, but I think karma is really one of the tools that I use a lot for joyful living, which is what you give out is what you get back. And I experiment it with with the girl with the little with the middle school girls. It was so wonderful. I just said, go around and just do nothing but be kind and happy all day, and see how your day goes. And I said, and then the next day, just be scowly and crappy and see how your day goes. And I had them write about it in their journal. And it was just amazing. You know, so, so to me, that's the simplest version. I mean, I think it is very simple. What you give out is what you get back. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you very much for calling. And um, we thank all of you. Uh, there's been quite a bit of interest in Betsy and her practice and what she does. And we hope that all of you will uh, continue to be asking questions and um, give your contact information one more time, Betsy. Thanks, Andre. Um, it's sweetspirit.joyfulliving at gmail.com, and my phone number is 441-3060. And I just want to thank you so much for having me on the show and also to WERU for just being this amazing source in the world. Well, thank you for being here with us, and please join us next w- uh, month for Healthy Options. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>